Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is such a key in the kingdom of God. It's such a key. We want keys to unlock things. He said, I give you the keys. This is a key right here. I raise a hallelujah when everything is falling apart around me. I don't look at what's happening. I don't look at what's going on. I keep my eyes focused on you, God, and I raise a hallelujah. And when you tell me to war, I will war. And when you tell me to worship, I will worship, God. When you tell me to sow a seed, I sow a seed, God. I ain't looking at what's going on around me. Life is about to change. <laughs> Life is about to change, and it's just what we ask for. See, we better be a little, sometimes we need to think about our prayers a little bit. Because we get all caught up in the emotion of the anointing, you know. And we say things in the anointing, oh my God. <laughs> And he's like, all right, all right, I got it now. Y'all want me to shake things? All right. Y'all want me to show up? Y'all want me to change life as you know it? Well, I sure will. But I'm excited. I told him Tuesday morning I got the news that life fixing to change. <laughs> life is changing. And the very first thing, come on, y'all, the very first thing, Thing that came to me is I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. So the word of God came forth. And that's a word for me and my family. That's a word for us. The righteous ain't never been forsaken. And their seed, he ain't never seen them begging for bread. Hallelujah. That means, y'all, God's got us. People say that all the time. God got this, and you don't have a clue what God got because you ain't asking. You better be asking him. So um, we're we just going about our day, you know, and we're praising and we're worshiping God and we're spending time with God and we're getting in that word and we're finding out what he's saying in his word. And then when tragedy hits, because it's hitting, and it just did last week. Tragedy hit. And there's a lot of people that are devastated in our town. A lot of people. Because this thing is affecting more than 530 people. It's got, there's a trickle-down effect. Because we depend too much on GP. We depend too much on that. Our whole economy of this town is centered around that one thing. So it is going to trickle down. It is going to affect more than 530 people. But God spoke to me and he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. 
so things are kind of crazy. And, and I said, I said it immediately when I heard it. Monica was there at the house. And immediately I said, thank you, Lord, that you ain't never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Thank you, Father, that although things look a little crazy and all upheaval, you've got us. You really have us. Because when he speaks to you, you can stand on that word. And so he's got me. He's got us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this song that he's singing, this is a key. It is a key. Things are going on and you don't know what's fixing to happen and you don't know where your next meal's coming from or you don't know how you're going to pay this bill or you don't know how you're going to come out of this sickness. You don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Stuff happens. It happens, but this is a key. In the middle of it, God, I raise a hallelujah. I will not allow fear to grip me. Fear will not have its hold on me. You lost your hold because I choose to praise him. I choose to stand in the face of the enemy and say, back off. You can't touch mine. You touch not the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. So we keep our focus on him. We keep our focus on him in the middle of chaos, in the middle of it. We keep our focus on him. God's got us through some things and he's going to get us through some more things. All I know is the righteous have never been forsaken and their seed have never been seen begging for bread. And all I know is the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. And in this house, he establishes peace. Hallelujah. All I know is there's a treasure in the darkness and he give it to me. Come on, y'all grab a hold of that word. Start pulling that word in you. Start praying that word. Prophesying that word. I thank you, Lord, that you opened the gates and ain't nothing shutting them. Nobody can shut them. He opened the gates. For Freedom Ministries. He said, Freedom Ministries, I am your God and I am holding your right hand. Come on! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And if freedom prospers, cross it's gonna prosper. Because we are giving church. We are giving church. And it and it, and 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 he released increase two weeks ago. God's not caught by surprise. At what the Coke brothers do. That don't catch him by no surprise. At all. Yes. Oh, you want to say something? Thank you, Jesus. I saw. I'm going to just tell it. <laughs> it's like where Karen Wheaton is. That church is the industry of that town. Mm-hmm. That church is, y'all didn't hear that. The church is the industry ago. of the town. The church should be the Come industry on, of the town. Come on, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I mean, that should be what's prospering. Yes. Is the church. Yes. Thank you, The Holy Ghost-filled church. Amen. Hmm. 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 
don't even know how to put out what, say what I see. But the church, this town has been built around GP. It was actually built around, it was built for GP. That's the only reason CrossFit is here. Yeah. Research it. My wife's done the research. It is the only reason CrossFit is here. Matter of fact, this was nothing but a spot in the woods, and they wanted the mill in Hamburg, and Hamburg did not want it. So the guy moved here and cleared it and built a mill and a town. That is what this town is built on, that. But that is changing. It's changing. It is changing. Because the church, the Holy Ghost-filled church, should be the authority and the dominating factor in a town. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. If God can do it through Karen Wheaton. Because there ain't nothing in that town. Because that town ain't as big as Crossing. Ain't even got a Walmart. They ain't even got a Walmart. That is the industry of that town. It's what keeps that town alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, come on, Jesus. It's what Jesus. keeps that town alive. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's what keeps that town alive. Yes, God. So the Holy Ghost-filled church of God is the industry. It is the industry. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Because I know Tuesday when I come in here and praying, I mean, I, I should be upset. <laughs> I should be scared. I should be like, oh, God, you got to take care of my family because everything changing. But I felt excitement, and I was like, I don't understand this. Why do I feel excitement? Maybe it's cause. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God said, cross it is on my map. He said that. That's a word that he spoke through Apostle Angie several years ago. Cross it is on my map. That means the eye of God looking at cross it, Arkansas. He ain't shook by nothing. Come on, he wants to be. He wants to be the source. Not no paper mill. He wants to be the source. And he's got a remnant here that want him to be the source. Hallelujah. And, and in the middle of the upheaval, I raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. In the presence of the enemies. You know, that's what Psalms 23 says. That I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So that means the devil is breathing down your neck. And what does God say? Sit down, baby, let's eat. I prepared this for you. That means get in my word. Find out what I'm saying. Learn who I am. Because I am your source. I am your source. Nothing and no one else is. I am your source. Hallelujah. Yes. I raise my hallelujah because we trust you. We put our trust in you. And the word says in several times, those who put their trust in him will never be brought to shame. Ha. Hallelujah. 
Raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the excitement in my spirit, God, because I know you are up to something. And it's going to be good for me. It's going to be good for us, y'all. We put our trust in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I wish I could let y'all. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. God's up to something. He is up to something. Mm, and we ain't scared at all. We are not scared. Hallelujah. You know, that's faith. That's part of faith right there. When it can, there can be upheaval in your life. And instead of looking at that, we look at Him. That's, that is also faith. Faith is stepping out when I don't know what's fixing to take place. But God said to do this, and so I step out and do this. That's faith. But it's also an act of faith when, when I should be scared and I refuse to be scared. Because I trust God Almighty. He is my Father, and He is a good, good Father. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you with this church. We trust you with this town. We trust you with our families. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this, y'all, is Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> hey! Tell me God ain't up to something. Yeah, he's up to something. Pentecost, that's, you know, a little over 2,000 years ago when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the church, when he was given to the church. And it's also the, the, a feast of first fruits. First fruits, where we give our first to him. Hallelujah. Every year at this time, you know, the, the, the spring harvest is coming in. And so they would take the very first that they got and they would heave it up to the Lord. That's offering him the first fruits. And, and, and that's what we do today. We give him an offering of first fruits. Hallelujah. Pentecost means 50 50 days from resurrection. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. 50, also it, it, it um, denotes deliverance and freedom. Deliverance and freedom. He delivered us from Egypt. He delivered us from our past. He delivered us from sin. He delivered us from what we put our trust in. He, we can look at it with what's going on right now. He delivers me from these things, and He brings me freedom in Him. That freedom is in Him. It's all in Him. How can my husband and both my boys be losing their jobs, and I can stand up here and say, Hallelujah, I'm excited. God's doing something. It's not by my might or my power. It's by His Spirit, says the Lord. And if cross it, if, if, if the remnant in cross it would grab a hold of I raise a hallelujah in the middle 
of the chaos and the mystery and the upheaval. I raise a hallelujah, God. I trust you, and I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to stand on whatever you tell me to do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But I know that God, y'all, he don't never shake. He don't shake that he don't come. I think that's what I'm most excited about. Because yes, he's brought a shake and he brought a shake into us. But God never shakes that he don't come. He's shaking everything that can be shaken so that he's the only thing left. And that's what we want. That's what I want. And, that, and that's what we pray. Shake everything, God. I just want your kingdom. I want your kingdom left in me. Nothing but your kingdom, God. Everything that is against your kingdom, I want it out of me. Out of me. In Deuteronomy 16 and in Exodus 23, it talks about these three feasts. There's three feasts that he says he wants you to remember always. And God don't change his mind. He didn't change his mind in the New Testament. I'm just going to say this. If it's true in the old, it's true in the new. Okay? Whatever was going on in the old should be going, it was going on in the new. Jesus kept these feasts. So this is not a thing of law. It's not a thing that we shouldn't do. It is Bible. It is Bible. Okay? And so he said that we are to keep these, these feasts. It was Passover. The, the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of the Day of um, First Fruits, which is Pentecost. And it was the Feast of Tabernacles. That's five days after the Day of Atonement. And he said, on these three feasts, do not come to me empty-handed. You bring him a gift every time. So we sow a seed on these days. Those three days, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And we're going to learn about all of those things because your pastor's real interested in them. <laughs> so we're so we going to learn. Hallelujah. Well, because I think they're important. You know, they're God. He said, he said forever remember these things. So we need to remember them and we need to know what's going on. This is our heritage. Okay? So we're going to learn. We're going to learn about them. But God is a God of objectivity and purpose. He is a God of objectivity and purpose. He does things at certain times for certain reasons. There is significance in everything he does. Nothing is by accident. Nothing catches him by surprise. Nothing. Everything he does has meaning and significance. And he is a God of timing. Right? Okay. Today is Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to talk about Holy Ghost. We do not, come on, we do not have a full revelation of the Holy Ghost. Because if we did, we'd all be up here going, baptize me. Yeah, we would. Because the church, which is religion, when I say the church, I'm talking about religion, a spirit of religion, has um, reduced him down to tongues, to people going shakababa. They reduced him down to that. And that is not what he is. 
we're going to talk about what he is today. Hallelujah. And he's going to come in and he's going, cha- he going to change our lives today. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Acts chapter 2. Let's just look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Because you know you can't talk about Pentecost Sunday without talking about Pentecost. Amen? When the day of Pentecost had fully come. See, there's that timing thing right there. Fully come. Fullness of time. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. He didn't come early. He didn't come before it was fully there. God is a God of timing. Apostle, let me get this right. Apostle Angie has always taught us that the key to breakthrough is timing. It's God's timing. We get in the way and we start trying to push things and make things happen. If we just hang on a minute, wait on God's timing and Him to push me on in through there, breakthrough's here. It's God's timing. Okay. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord. Y'all know that's unity. But it depicts harmony as in music. That's what the word depicts. Because there's many notes, you know. There's many instruments making a bunch of different sounds. But they all come together and they make that one sound. That's what this word means. It's that harmony. Okay? Woo! And the Holy Ghost is the conductor. Come on, come on, come on. And suddenly, that's fast, that's quick. There came a sound from heaven. Because he is a rushing mighty wind, and where he goes, don't nobody know. Y'all know that's a scripture too in there. That the Spirit is a wind. You don't know where he's coming from or where he's going. Just grab a hold when he comes by. Because <laughs> it's going to be good for you. Okay, okay, all right. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God changed every aspect about them right then. Their life, oh, he had to go for work. Their life as they knew it changed right then. Right? Because power came in them. And God showed me this one time. I was like, what's the difference in baptism and, and the filling? Because when we get saved, we, the Holy Ghost comes in us when we get saved. And what I saw was a glass, clear glass pitcher of water and a clear glass. And he pours that in us. That's a picture of salvation because the Holy Spirit came in me. But baptism of the Holy Ghost is when you take that glass and you immerse it into that pitcher and you can't even see the glass no more. It all becomes one. That's baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we have reduced him down to shakababa. Because I ain't got no power in my life. He is power. Power. 
power. Hallelujah. Mm. He is power. He is the third person of the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He is the person. He is not an it. Okay? He is not an it. He is a person. Let's look at Luke. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost today. Luke 24, 49. Jesus is telling the disciples. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That power is dunamis. That power is dunamis. Dunamis. What the world is dunamis. It's strength. It's power. It's ability. It is the power for performing miracles. That's supposed to be an everyday occurrence. Miracles are supposed to be an everyday occurrence in our life. If we are immersed in Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to get with me. Come on, Jesus. Acts 1. Let's go over to Acts 1, verse 8. We just lay in a little foundation of the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus talking to him again. Because they had already gotten saved. He had already been crucified. He has risen. He, he was talking to his disciples. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power. Okay? And in here, in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power. That's that dunamis again. That is the power to work miracles. That's what that word is right there. Power. It is God's power. It's nothing that I can work up. It's nothing that I deserve. It's, it don't have anything to do with me. All, the only part of me is that I received it and I act upon it. Okay, that, that's dunamis. That word also means consisting in or resting upon armies or forces. It's powerful. It's like, it's what, it's what is on a force. It's what's on an army as they go in and trample down the enemy. And take everything. It's that, that kind of power on each one of us. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses of me. That witness is where we get the word martyr from. Holy Ghost is the power to die to your flesh. Come on. He's the power to die to your flesh. I ain't died to nothing before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you I didn't. Promise me. I mean, promise you. Y'all listen. Understand. I did not. <laughs> I did not die to anything before the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay. 
Who is this Holy Ghost? He is the power of God to perform miracles through you and me. He is the power of God to die to my flesh so that I can be everything that he created me to be. Oh, my goodness, give me three Holy Ghosts. You know what I'm saying? Because it's the power to be what God called me to be. He's the power for me to, to live this thing. Oh, I got one for you. I'm going to go ahead and give you this little jewel right here. Let's go look at Ezekiel 36. Y'all know one of my favorite things to talk about is dying. Ezekiel 36, 27. Who, what is this Holy Spirit? He's the power. He's the power. He's the power of God. Verse 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. What is this Holy Spirit? That word cause right there, y'all get this? I want you to write this one down. That word cause right there means squeeze and press. <laughs> He's the power to die, y'all. He gonna squeeze me and press me because I said, now listen, this is for, I said, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, come live on the inside of me. And he said, all right. All right, I sure will. But I'm going to squeeze you a little bit, darling. Because you're a little too full of yourself. That's what he said to me. That is not what he's saying to you. That's what he said to me. You're a little too full of yourself. You're a little too full of fear. You're a little too full of pride. You're a little too full of self-righteousness. You're a little too full of religion. So he said, I'm going to squeeze you just a little bit. Like get some of that stuff out of you. I'm going to press you a little bit till I can get some of that stuff out of you. That's a, I'm excited about that. Okay, now the, the word walk is your manner of life. It's not just this. It is my manner of life. Come on. So what he said was, I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to squeeze you and press you a little bit to your manner of life. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To your manner of life is my way of doing things. Oh, my God. So if we're struggling... Come on, y'all. How many of us struggle with stuff? If we're struggling with something... Ask him to fill you with the Holy Ghost and say, Holy Ghost, squeeze me and press me until my manner of life is your way of doing things. Hey, that means all those addictions, all those struggles, all that mess, going to leave you. That's going to leave you because he is certainly going to mess with the way you act. Ooh. Okay, he going to mess with the way y'all act. <laughs> <laughs> he he don't mess with the way I act, let me tell you. Oh, Jesus. He's still messing with the way I act. 
Okay, we'll go back to this other note. Okay. In John 14 and 15 and 16, he calls him a comforter. A comforter. They translate, some translations say helper. But you know what that word means? It was, it's really interesting. It means one who pleads another's cause before a judge. Mm. Uh-huh. It means the counsel for defense. What? How come I need a counsel for defense? It means a legal assistant, an advocate. So we can go into the courtrooms of heaven. And the Holy Ghost is my advocate. The Holy Ghost pleads my cause for me when the devil is the one who's accusing. Day and night he accuses. Only a fool represents himself. Listen to that. Yes, we need him. He is my legal assistant. He's the one that does all the research and says, oh, this right here, this is why the devil's coming and accusing you right here. And then I can stand and say, Father, forgive me for this. Forgive my great-great-granddaddy for this. The devil's accusing me of this because this is what my ancestors did. And see, I don't know. I ain't never met them. But he knows. And he can bring all of that to the courts of heaven and we can get forgiveness of iniquity because iniquity is in the bloodline. There's things that the enemy is doing to you today and it's connected to your bloodline. Come on, y'all. The Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. He is. I got to have him. I got to have him. Because I don't know why. See, I don't know why the enemy is, is doing certain things to me. I don't know why he would stand up there and accuse me of certain things. I had never done that. But my ancestors did. And see, God is a God of legalities. I told y'all, he, he is a God of legalities. The enemy, is he is legal if he's nothing else. He's legal. And he brings things to that court. And he says, but God, I have every right to put this on them because her great-great-granddaddy did this. And that ain't, been, that ain't been confessed yet. That hasn't been forgiven yet. And so he takes me into court because I'm like, God, I don't understand why this is happening. Father, why is this happening? And, I, and I'll pray and let the Holy Ghost start praying through me because he is also your intercessor. That's Romans 8. He's our intercessor. He prays what we don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray, but he does. Because he searches us. He knows about all the past. And he knows the mind and will of God. He is my greatest asset. He is the gift of God. And we throw him away. Because somebody made fun of somebody going shakababa. We throw him away. And he is our greatest asset. Without him, I'm not going to make it through these times coming up. 
If I didn't have him Tuesday morning, I would have fell apart. I guarantee you I would have. Fear would have gripped me because I don't know what's fixing to happen. But I know that I am tattooed. I said tattooed in the palm of his hand. And nothing will ever remove me. Nothing. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My greatest asset, my comforter. He is strength. He is divine strength needed to enable us to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the kingdom. <laughs> See, trials and persecutions ain't got nothing to do with you. It's on behalf of the kingdom. It is all about the kingdom. It ain't nothing to do with me. If we could just get that revelation right there, then it ain't nothing to do about me and me not having what I need. Whenever I learn who I am, that I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God, everything changes. And I'm no longer, I'm scared, God, I don't know, you know. Everything starts changing. God is a good, good father. I know some of our fathers. Now, I had an exceptional one. I, and I ain't saying that because he's sitting there. I had an yeah. <laughs> The little white-haired man right there, that's, that's him. I had an exceptional father. He, he nurtured me. He, 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 didn't, uh, he didn't, like, make me earn his love. He did not run out on me. He was there. He, he put the Word of God in me. He taught me how to be faithful. He's a good daddy, a real good daddy. But most of us don't have that. We don't. Our daddies walked out on us. They didn't care nothing about us. Some of them didn't even, don't even know you exist, you know. They uh, cared about their own life. They ain't thinking about nobody else but their self. And so we have, some of them were abusers, you know. Some of them were evil. There's all kinds out there. But we have to... Go to God and allow Holy Spirit to heal us of all those things so that I can start seeing Him as my Father. And He is not like man. He's not like man. Our daddies would scream and holler at us because we didn't do things the way He wanted it done. God's not like that. He, he says, go, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'll just wait right here till you come back and ask me to fix it. That's what he does. And then he fixes it. He fixes things for me. He's a good father. Very good father. And the Holy Ghost is the one that helps me learn that. He's my teacher. Ah. Verse 26 of John 14 says that he's my teacher. In John 14, verse 17, in John 16, verse 13, in other places in the Bible, it talks about he is, my, he is the truth. He is the spirit of truth. And he will guide me. So he's, he's truth, and he's my guide. Nehemiah 9 says he's my instructor. 
He will instruct us. It says, you also gave your word. No, wait, can't read. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them. So he's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my instructor. I ain't going to make this thing without him. Acts 2 says he's the gift. Acts 2 says he's the promise of the Father. He's the promise of the Father. If God thought I needed Holy Ghost, I should embrace Holy Ghost. Instead of reducing Holy Ghost to tongues. Tongues is an evidence. Evidence means proof. Tongues is just the proof that something else has taken over me. And isn't it something that the first thing he takes over is your tongue? The very first thing he took over was the tongue. Because out of the mouth, (laughs) out of the heart, goes the issues of life. Power and death. Power of life and death is in this tongue. He said, when the Holy Ghost... Get this, because this just dropped in. When the Holy Ghost takes over you, when you are baptized in Holy Ghost, He takes control of the rudder. Rudder is what turns it, turns that boat. He says your tongue is set on fire from hell, and it's just like a rudder. It will set the course of your life. If you got children and you want them to go a certain way, you better let Holy Ghost have a hold of your tongue. Because if not, we're going to set them on course that is a wrong course. Because I'm going to say things out of my mind that's not right, and I'm going to set them on a certain course, a certain path. But if I let Holy Ghost have control of me, and I let Him deal with this tongue, I will speak to that child by the Spirit of God, and I will see what's on that that child, and I will nurture that, and I will set them on the course that God has for them. That's what we need Him for. We need Him so I don't mess up my kid. Okay, I'm just real excited about the Holy Ghost, but I don't know about y'all. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. We know this scripture. We know this scripture. We quote it all the time. And he says this more than once. When he says something more than once, we need to pay attention to it. 1 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. There's that same word, dunamis, again. See, he doesn't give me a spirit of fear when things happen and fear jumps in. Well, I have the spirit of power to overcome that fear and I can work miracles I can work miracles so when fear rises up and tries to take over and squash everything I say no in the name of Jesus and I can work miracles and also when Holy Ghost is controlling me 
That means I am connected to that vine, that true vine. Y'all go look at John 15. He's the true vine. And whenever I'm connected to him and I'm bearing fruit, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to be what Holy Spirit is in my life. And I'm, I am uh, producing his character. I can ask whatever I want and I get. That's the word of God. Okay. Love. He gave me the spirit of love instead of fear. And that's agape love. That is God's love. That ain't got nothing to do with feelings. Has nothing to do with feelings. You can be married to someone for 46 years and you ain't got no feeling no more. Because they done been mean and hateful and you don't feel it no more. But love ain't got nothing to do with that. Love is a choice. And love is on the inside of you if you are saved. If you are born again, agape love is on the inside of you. Because it is a character of Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit came in you. Okay? I'm just teaching y'all who the Holy Spirit is. That love is in me. So I can put myself down and I can choose to walk in that love and love you as Christ loves you. It don't have anything to do with my feelings or how you make me feel. It doesn't have anything to do with if you return that love or not. If God said, then this is what I do, whether you return it or not, whether you act like a donkey or not. It ain't got nothing to do with how you treat me. And this sound mind, this sound uh, Holy Spirit <laughs> is the spirit of a sound mind. That sound mind is so from the most. Something like that. And it means, <laughs> don't like this one. It means self-control. It means discipline. Ah, jeez. Oh, it got quiet in here. For real, we're going to touch discipline and self-control? You mean I can't control my mouth? Uh, yeah. You mean I can control this feeling? Yeah. With the power of the Holy Ghost. But not without him. Without him, I have no control. I am at the control of the enemy. Because we think we, we control ourselves and I do what I want to do. No, you don't. Sorry. So, he has not given me a spirit of fear. But he has given me the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 1, 17 says that he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. And we talked about in prayer today how we got to know him. I've got to know him. He has got to know me. And Holy Ghost is how that happens. I don't know God outside of Holy Spirit. I know him as my Savior. But Holy Spirit comes in then. 
And he's teaching, and he's still guiding, and he's still leading. I just got to listen. Okay? Okay. So Ephesians talks about he is wisdom, and he is revelation. 1 John 2 says he is anointing. He is the anointing, the spirit of anointing. And that word anointing means that smearing or unction or endowment of Holy Ghost. It means moral goodness and integrity. I told y'all he was going to mess with the way you act. Holy Ghost going to mess with how we act. And I love this one, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and 30. Oh, my goodness. It says, do not grieve, Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed. (laughs) He is my seal of salvation. Hey! Hallelujah! So many times we get saved, and guess what? Y'all ain't nobody no different from anybody else. The devil comes to you, and he says, you ain't saved. You ain't saved because saved person don't act like that. You ain't saved because you just cussed your husband. You ain't saved because you kicked the dog. You ain't saved. He does everybody that way. And that puts doubt in us because we listen to it and we go, oh, I probably ain't. (laughs) I probably ain't saved. I don't know if I'm saved. And some of us struggle for years not knowing if we're saved, if we're not saved. People struggle with that. Holy Ghost is the seal of the salvation. He is the seal. That word means earnest money. You know how you're going to go buy a house and you have to put down some earnest money because they're going to guarantee you're going to buy this house. That's what he is. He's my earnest money. He's my security. The security deposit. I ain't going to tear things up and run off. Because he ain't going to let me because he's going to work on my character. Amen? Okay. It is um, to confirm. It, it, it also means, y'all know back in the day when they wore signet rings, a king would wear a signet ring. It has his signet on it. And then they would write a document and they would pour some wax on it and they would seal it, you know, with that signet ring. And that confirmed the authenticity of the document. And that's the same thing. That's what this word means. I am sealed. I am authentic. (laughs) I know y'all tired and sleepy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, we already talked about that. He's my intercessor when I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray. Let's look at Acts 4. Acts chapter 4. And verse 31. Now y'all know, okay, that over in the Gospels, he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then in Acts 2, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then tongues of fire came on their head and they walked out of that room and they was all drunk and laughing and falling around, you know, and people were like, what is up with these people? You know, God, I mean, Peter preached and 5,000 just men. It was probably at least 10,000 more women because we know how that works. There's more women than men, usually, and kids. So there's really no telling how many, that one message, how many people got saved. In that one message, 
That's Acts 2. And now this is Acts 4. And it's the same group of folks. So how many times can we actually get baptized in the Holy Ghost? Many times we want to. This is their third experience. Come on. Okay. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Come on, shaken. What's happening around here? There's a shaking going on. Hallelujah. That place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So the Holy Spirit is boldness. He is boldness for me to speak forth. He is boldness for me to stand up in the face of the enemy and say, Oh, no, you ain't. He is boldness for me to stand up in front of all my friends and declare him and his word instead of just being all quiet and meek and not wanting to stir up nothing. No, we're supposed to stir up some stuff. We're supposed to stir that pot. We're supposed to cause people to go, What? We are. You know, that's in the Bible. They'll look at you and go, what? We're supposed to do that. But with the power of the Holy Ghost. I ain't supposed to do that in my flesh. But see, that's the problem. We keep doing it in our flesh. Instead of the power of the Holy Ghost. Ah, He is boldness. That's fearless confidence. Fearless confidence. In John 7, he is the river of living water. Hey! He's the river of living water. God said, he said that out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. That's Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. He's more than just tongues. He's so much more than just tongues. Hebrews 10 and Zechariah 12, oh my goodness, calls him the Spirit of grace. Holy Ghost is grace. He's grace. We don't even know what grace is. Grace is the ability to obey God. Grace is the divine influence on my soul and the reflection of it. Grace is that Holy Ghost has access to me. And he tells me how to act. And I do it. That's grace. Divine influence upon the soul and the reflection of it. Grace is, it is also blessing and mercy and, it is, you know, it is that. Favor, it is that. But it's so much more than that. It's kind of like the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. It means pleasant. How many times is he going to mess with our attitude? How many times is the Holy Ghost going to change the way I act? Okay, I know some of y'all because I was just like you. Your pastor has been touched with the infirmities of you. I was just like you. I had a problem with my tongue. I had a problem with my mouth. And ain't nobody rolled their eyes more than me. And sigh. Oh, my goodness. I could roll my eyes and sigh. Just bam. And not even know I did it. 
Holy Ghost started convicting me that that was wrong. Don't be looking at nobody. Don't be turning around looking at nobody. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us, help us, help us. Oh, that spirit of grace also means that I will be agreeable. Ah! I will have a higher nature. I will be excellent. I will be glad and happy. Oh, <laughs> kind. Oh, my goodness. I will be a good man or a good woman. That's what this means. I told y'all, I told y'all. In the New Testament, because you know it's in Hebrews 2. That's where it talks about the influence upon my heart and its reflection. It also will make me um, have gratitude. The, the Bible talks about in the end times, people will not be thankful. You know, that's a big deal to God. People think they are entitled. You ain't entitled to nothing. Nothing. Let me just tell you right now, you ain't entitled to anything. But the grave. Death and taxes. That's it. But God makes us grateful. Holy Spirit makes me grateful. He makes me thankful. I am supposed to be grateful for everything because nothing is, is owed me. Nothing. When I get something, it's out of his goodness. It's out of his goodness. And I should, be, I should have a heart of gratitude when someone else gets blessed. When someone else comes out of something, it should be like, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you showed yourself strong on their behalf. We are supposed to be grateful, have a heart of gratitude. Okay. Ezekiel 31 talks about how he is wisdom, understanding, and workmanship. That touches me working. Let's just read it because, you know, it was good. Ezekiel 31, 3 and 5. I'm not going to keep y'all much longer. I'm not. Thank you. Ezekiel 31, 3. We're just finding out who Holy Ghost is. Ezekiel 31, verse 3. Is that right? No, that's Exodus. I'm sorry. Exodus, that's, it's marked here, Exodus. Exodus 31, verse 3. I'll wait for y'all for a second. Okay. It says, verse 3 says, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. It's the Spirit of God that puts creativity in us. That's the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It says in verse 4, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels, for setting and carving wood, to work in all manner of workmanship. Holy Ghost helps me work. <laughs> I just, if I don't, know what I need to do, I just pull on Holy Ghost and he'll show me. 
He'll tell me what to do. He'll show me how to do something. We're quick to go to Google, but how fast are we to go to Holy Ghost? You know, if I don't know how to work this thing, I go Google it on up. I should be going to Holy Ghost. There's been times when, when um, Keith didn't know how to operate no Google. And um, he, was, he was having some problems with his boat, I think. And he was working on that boat. And everything he tried, it wasn't what it was. And, you know, and one night he went to sleep. And, and God gave him a dream. And in that dream, he showed him what was wrong with that boat. And he got up the next morning. He's like, I know what's wrong with it. And went out and fixed it. That's what was wrong with it. Holy Ghost does things like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I already done give y'all Ezekiel 36. You know, that's where he's going to squeeze you and press you. Should I do that one again? Should we talk about that again? <laughs> hey, I might need to. I might. I might need to because I, I don't know why that's not exciting to y'all. That's exciting to me, to know that Holy Ghost is going to press me until my walk becomes what he wants it. <laughs> you know what that means is my walk is going to be what he wants. Baptize me, Holy Ghost. Baptize me. For what? What kind of pressure? Well, that's what he said. He's going to put some pressure on you. What? Oh, well, you better. Maybe we're afraid to take. Because, because it does require death to flesh. It does require that I can't give in to the appetites of my flesh. It requires that. But that is not a bad thing. It's not bad. That's where it is uncomfortable for a minute until that surrender comes. But once that surrender comes, that fight's not there anymore. And it's like, God, you just do whatever you, whatever. Because I just want to be like you. I don't want to be in this rat race no more. I don't want none of, no more of this drama and all this mess. I just want to be what you want me to be. And, and, and if you're telling me to, to sit down and to shut my mouth and to give to that one that's going, wah, 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 wah. You want me to give to them? That's called disarming the enemy. I told y'all in this school of ministry, Apostle's going to teach that. And that revelation changed my life of disarming the enemy. But that's death to your flesh. I can't let this have free reign. I have, I have literally bit my lip until it bled because I wanted to say something so bad. But Holy Ghost is like, you better not. You ain't never going to come out of this. The longer that mouth goes, the longer I'm going around that wilderness. And I don't want to do it for 40 years. Mm -mm. I don't want to do it for 40 years. I want to come on out of that thing. So press me, Holy Ghost. Squeeze me, Holy Ghost, until my way of life is what you say. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 4, and this is my last scripture. 1 Peter 4 and verse 14. Oh, my goodness. How many of us have been persecuted for the word's sake? Not a lot of us. 
I'm just going to say it because ain't nobody putting the word out. Ain't nobody living like the word says live. But when you do, you are persecuted for it. I know some that's been persecuted for the word. They've been persecuted for Jesus Christ. It says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. You know, he says that over in Matthew, too. So when he says something twice, I need to pay attention to it. So if I am not being persecuted or I am not a reproach because of Jesus Christ, I need to check myself. Jesus, I need help. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Okay, I'm going to read again. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of glory. He's the spirit of glory and of God, and it rests upon you. Yay, I got one yay. The spirit of glory, that's that doxa. Yes, as we pray that all the time, God, we want your glory. I want to be a carrier of your glory. Well, if I'm going to be a carrier of your glory, I got to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I got to yield myself to him and let him work all the kinks out. I got to let him squeeze me. I got to let him press me. I got to go with what he says go with. I got to shut my mouth. I got to quit rolling my eyes. I got to quit acting like you stupid and don't know what you're talking about. I got to quit acting like that. I'm so sorry. I know I'm stepping on toes everywhere. But I want to be that pastor that tells you the truth. I do not want to be that pastor that preaches all the good and then you go home and hell hits you and you wonder what the world is going on. Because when you are in this ministry, stuff is going to be required of you. And it's not required in every church. I'm sorry, but it's not. Some churches you can go to and, and nothing ever happened. Nothing ever be touched in your life. Nothing. You can sin. You can do anything you want to do. And you still hear that you're okay. Well, I ain't telling you that. I'm telling you that the Holy Ghost is your greatest asset. But your Holy Ghost is going to touch you where you don't want to be touched. He's going to touch you and make you act like you're supposed to act. He's going to touch you and make you die to your flesh. He's going to touch you and bring you resurrection life. Romans 8 says he is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He's going to quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. The spirit of resurrection lives in me. He lives in me. So he's going to change me. He's going to change me and he's going to raise me up. He's going to raise me up to an excellent way of living. The spirit of excellence on the inside of us. That's Holy Ghost. That ain't nothing about me. That ain't because I'm so great. That's Holy Ghost. Now if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, run up here. Because he wants to give it to you. He wants to baptize you. 
He wants to touch your life. He wants to bring you some pressing. He wants to bring you some squeezing. He wants to let you know that things are not going to always be the way you want them. But if you will submit and surrender your life, they will be the way He wants them. And then you are going to come out great because of it. You will come out great because of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Baptize us, God. Baptize us, God. Baptize us, God. Whoops. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.